Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Ciro Giamona, CEO of Harrell Remodeling in Palo Alto and Los Gatos, California. Selecting the right salesperson compensation plan for your company is a challenge all business owners face. But did you know the method you use will have a dramatic impact on your company culture? Well, Ciro's going to explain how in just a minute. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we share tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm so excited about our guest today, and I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hello, everybody. So, Mark, I'm really pumped about our next guest, Ciro Giamona. He is uh, somebody who's been part of the Remodelers Advantage family for a long time. I mean, not only is he super smart and super nice, he's also part of the Remodelers Advantage band ambiguity. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I love that so, ambiguity. Ciro's the voice, man. It's awesome. So um, I'm, I'm excited to welcome him. Ciro's been a member of the industry, part of the remodeling industry for about 32 years. And he started out buying and flipping houses, moving from there into being a production manager for a remodeling company out in the California area. And from there, he opened his own remodeling business, which he ran successfully for several years. After getting a little tired of wearing all the hats, which I'm sure many on this call, many on this listening to the podcast can uh, imagine, he decided to look for something else. So he looked around, found Harold Remodeling, and has been with them for the last 21 years, never looking back. Welcome with us, Ciro. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, one of the things, there's a couple of, obviously, lots and lots of things that stand out about Harrell, an award-winning, really successful remodeling company in California. But there are a couple of things that stand out to me. One is the culture that you folks have built because it's just such a warm, fuzzy, wonderful culture. And secondly is the way that you compensate your salespeople. So is there a, is there a connection there? Well, I think there is, you know, um, probably one of the most noteworthy things from a standpoint of our company culture and structure is that we're employee owned. That's right. I don't know how many people have looked into that very much. I know you've also done another podcast about that, actually. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that employee ownership uh, has helped to shape the culture of the company. Although when we started it in 2001, the, the folks that helped us set that program up said we already had an ownership culture within the company Really, um, if, before we got the structure in place. So, you know, I, don't, I think it has influenced it tremendously over the past few years. But, um, you know, it was something that uh, was a part of Harold Remodeling, uh, established by Iris, our founder, and the folks that, uh, you know, were the early, early participants in the company. Um, long before uh, the ESOP came along. So it, it just helped to kind of carry it on. So, so you already, also... so you'd started out having a culture of ownership. You moved to having actual ownership for all of the employees. And you're saying that the way that you compensate salespeople fits into that whole model, huh? It does. Um, you know, one of the things about employee ownership is, you know, you want to be fair across the board. So 
you don't want to treat one employee owner uh, differently in terms of compensation than you would another. So that you know that not that there aren't different salary levels within the co- the company. Obviously, that has to remain in place. But when you have something that is discretionary, you know, where there's something that uh, is more is flexible. Um, you know, in our culture, with the, the amount of emphasis that's placed on teamwork and how much, uh, you know, uh, everyone contributes to the overall success of the company, it doesn't make sense to us philosophically to have, um, you know, a, a, a structure where we use uh, commission uh, salary for some folks and just straight salary for others. It just doesn't seem, seem right. Well, give us a little bit of an outline of the Harrell company in terms of number of employees, structure, how you sell, what you sell, average job size, things like that. Just to give us a basis for the... Sure. So we we are, you know, as I mentioned, a second generation business. So, you know, the, what uh, Iris had put in place uh, over the years um, is something that we've carried on. We very much wanted to try to, to keep the core values of the company consistent, uh, even though she wasn't here to, you know, to lead in the same way, other employees are stepping up. So we have uh, 36 employees currently. We're a design build, uh, all residential design build firm. We do everything uh, from whole house remodels to um, small replacement kitchens and baths, uh, even, you know, what we, I guess could be described as handyman, but we call it small projects mm-hmm. type of work. So there's a very wide range of uh, remodeling services that we do. We do no new construction. We don't build new homes. Okay. So we're, we're and we're situated pretty much in the heart of Silicon Valley. You know, we've got uh, Google right across the freeway wow. from us. So, you know, those folks are used to getting compensated uh, with, you know, stock options and buyouts. And, you know, there's all kinds of, of uh, stuff going on in the Valley, but yes, there is a lot of money here. And so we do tend to work for high net worth folks and um, they expect good teamwork across the board. They want to see a nice seamless process. So we, we uh, like to see our design team and our construction team working very uh, closely together and anything that would undermine that is something that we kind of shy away from. Hmm. You know, I think you're one of the only companies that I know that does compensate their salespeople with salary only. It's just just very interesting. So tell us, what does your sales team look like? You called them a design team too, didn't you? Well, yes, because the, the sales team has a number of different functions. Uh, we, we do have designers on staff, seven actually. And th- those folks are also the sales team as well, I guess the sales point people, you know, they, they kind of uh, are the project managers of the, of the design process, mm-hmm. but the folks supporting them, I and mean, there's a n- great number of people there where we have uh, estimators and specifiers. Um, we have custom materials person who, you know, make sure that the products are, fully specified and, and delivered on time. We've got CAD folks. Mm. Uh, we have a permit specialist and uh, an architect to, who does some great support. So, you know, that's the team I'm talking about. You know, we're, uh, whereas the sales function, maybe if you have pure sales going on, uh, it might feel a little different. And I know many companies are like that. And many companies in Remodelers Advantage and across the country who are very successful 
manage that uh, that compensation model that they have of commission uh, well. So I'm not here to you know kind of badmouth that. I think it's uh, just a reflection of how their culture has been built or a company has been built, and there are probably lots of great reasons to uh, to keep it in place. But we've dabbled, and um, you know I think we we came across enough um, challenges with it that. We kind of accepted the the fixed salary as the way to go. You know, it's always been my understanding that salespeople are motivated by money, right? That that's a big a big factor. That's one of the driving forces behind them to push for more sales, greater sales, so on and so forth. Do you find that that is not really the case? I mean, how come your salespeople are content with a salary when they could go somewhere else and possibly earn more if they're superstars? Well, I've asked some folks about that. You know, we've got designers who previously worked in showrooms that were, you know, had a commission sales model. And, and there were things that you know, they've shared like, oh, thank goodness. I, you know, I, it, this looks on the surface like, uh, like a little bit less. And I'm, I'm kind of a competitive person, but, you know, I got the, the culture in that company was just so rough. You know, people were stealing uh, opportunities from each other or, you know, closing leads behind, you know, behind people's ah, back, and, okay. you know, selling things for, for, um, you know, that the production team couldn't build profitably and, it, oh. you know, all these challenges. And so to us, it was, you know, sort of validation that, those are kinds of the, the negative aspects of, of that yeah. can show up in commission. They probably don't all the time, but they could. And, uh, and the folks that are in the company are saying they prefer it. Sure. Was your sales team always compensated that way, salary? With the exception of very early on, you know, the, the, at the time when Iris was selling everything, uh, you know, I, I can't speak too much to her motivation. She just liked running a successful business. And as an owner, of course, benefited uh, financially when the company did well. So she was a highly motivated salesperson. When we when we hired our first uh, additional salesperson, it was we were in unknown territory. We didn't have salary or commission, and she came from a cabinet background. I think we set up a a commission or some sort of combination of commission and salary, and it was really confusing. I think. Um, you know, trying to get the numbers, right? Especially because we didn't, you know, we were newbies at it. So we didn't really have a proven plan. We were just taking feedback from folks who had already set something like that up. And, you know, from quarter to quarter, things were bouncing up and down and trying to track it from the administrative side of things was just challenging enough that I think the salesperson wasn't happy about it. I don't think Iris was happy about it. The finance person wasn't happy about it. It was like, can we just simplify this? Can we just make this fixed? And what, what's fair, you know? And so right. that kind of launched it. And when we hired the second salesperson, we did have a model that was somewhat working already and we just carried it on. So how is um, the compensation, how does that impact culture in, in your company? Well, you know, the, I think the compensation, the, that uh, commission plan tends to inspire the the individual performer. You know, I mean, really, it, it's like, and everyone else is supposed to kind of do their best to support that person, you know? And I think it can attract a superstar. I think that's one of the things that I've noticed in some of the companies that are most successful and who are doing, you know, this commission basis. That's why I don't 
I don't really uh, want to put down that model because, I mean, there's some people that sell an incredible amount of remodeling work that are in the commission model. Mm-hmm. But the things that I hear from the folks that have to support is, you know, it kind of, it kind of shifts the focus from that team approach because, you know, everyone is just trying to make things happen for the individual performer as opposed to what's going to work best for the team. And I, I, I know if, if that sounds harsh. I apologize to those folks that are, that are out there and have something that's really working well. But, you know, the times that I see the people who have to do what needs to be done here, they do it because of the team. They do it because they want to do it, and and uh, if they have to go above and beyond, you know, the salesperson needs to work the work extra hours, or the specifier has to come in on the weekend to keep a, a pre- contract presentation date. You know, they're doing all this these things, but they're not doing it because they know they're going to get a bump. They they do it right. because other people in the company are depending on them. So it is a cultural thing. It is the people that are here that are inspiring other people to do their best. Nobody wants to be the one who lets down everybody else. Interesting perspective. So there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. One is sales management. Like you were talking before about some of the inherent challenges in a commission structure, people being out for themselves, you know, not necessarily blatantly, but really it's to reward the individual performer and superstars are, you know, we've known them to have a bit of an ego, right? So that can be a challenge, stealing leads, all the management, all the admin, all that stuff. How does the sales management process change in your model? Well, you know, our sales manager, uh, Lisa, is also uh, a, a top salesperson. She, she doesn't do uh, purely sales uh, management activities. She, she sells as well. But, you know, we've, we've all been through Sandler sales training. Okay, I think that's great. been really helpful. We were all speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're using the same, um, processes for, for, uh, for managing sales. And so we still, we still look at the stats, you know, we look at how many appointments people are going on, you know, how many leads people get assigned to them, you know, how many design contracts do they offer and sell, you know, so all of the sales management activities seem like, uh, they're, they're going to be pretty much the same, whether you're compensated by, by, by a commission or, or salary. And, you know, if folks are not performing, let's put it that way, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it, the shift is what are the, what are the activities that they're doing, right. you know, or not doing, you know, that's where the sales management comes into play. It's not the dollar volume exclusively mm-hmm. as that is the measure of success. It's like our people, you know, taking a reasonable number of leads and uh, keeping up with them. Are they going on those appointments and, um, you know, using the Sandler sales process to, to close jobs. And everybody has this, uh, this sort of rhythm, I think, you know, the, the other thing about, um, the long, uh, lead or long sales, uh, cycles that remodeling has, and we have projects that stay in design for six months to a year, depending on the, on the client. So mm-hmm. we'll have salespeople who sell uh, a million and a half or 2 million one year and 800,000 the next year. Ah. And we're not, we don't dock them when they don't, right. you know, keep up that high level of performance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we recognize that it's really the long view. And you, if you look out over four years or five years, you find that 
really things even out quite a bit. Well, so in a commission structure, there's an upside, right? There's something, okay, here's the carrot. You sell more, you make more money. How do you incent your salespeople on salary to sell more, beat their goals? I wonder if it's important that they do beat the goals, you know, because if the goal is just revenue, I am, what I guess my, my main point is that's not the only consideration. You know, how clean is the package is, is yeah. another measure of success. Yeah. You know, how, um, how well uh, do we choose the clients that we let into the system? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've all had the nightmare jobs, but what proportion of, uh, of our jobs are nightmare jobs versus ones that end up with happy clients that happily refers to other people? You know, that's right. really the long view. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so to me, the compensation that inspires the long view uh, is the one that, that's going to be best for our company. Okay. All right. That sort of makes sense. Now, so would you ever consider moving to a commission-based model? At this point, no, because I think, we, as I mentioned, we have seven people that seem to be pretty well-motivated with the system that we have. And it's not to say we don't have other means of, uh, of compensation or, or uh, you know, things that motivate, you know, certainly the team atmosphere and, and um, you know, just the pleasant, uh, the majority of the pleasant work environment, you know, of being here is uh, what, what attracts a lot of people and makes them want to stay. You know, when people have left the company, which is rare, uh, they never say the compensation was the issue. You know, it was always, it's always something else. We had people leave recently who wanted a lifestyle change. They, they uh, you know, they ended up moving out of state. You know, it's not because, well, I just didn't get paid enough. You know, it, it, it's, it's sort of, um, and when they say, what are you going to miss the most? When we ask them what they're going to miss the most, it's what they say is the people. Yeah. So I think we're on the right track. I think, yeah. you know, we, we've created an environment where, you know, sure, everybody wouldn't mind having a few more dollars. And so we try to accommodate that too. You know, being employee owned is sort of a special case that I don't expect a lot of remodelers can completely understand. You know, there's, there, there's um, something that comes with that. That's not just the technical side of ownership, but also sort of a spiritual side of it. But, but along with that, um, you know, we look for ways to, to incentivize people in the, in the near term, but only in a way that's going to build up the team. So we have a profit sharing plan, for example, that, um, you know, when we have profit, we share it. And generally speaking, we do have profit um, and people are are informed. It's not like, well, this is this is all that's left. And, you know, or there's some sort of discretionary hidden behind the scenes um, uh, way of giving a bonus. This is something that everybody understands because it's been stated up front and um you know, we share it equitably uh, across the company. Everybody in the company is part of the profit sharing plan. So, Sarah, you you are you're employee owned, and your salespeople are salary one hundred percent salary. Do you think that that's the correlation, or do you think that um, companies that aren't ESOPs, employee owned companies, can pull this off as well? I think people that uh, that aren't employee owned can pull it off. I think, you know, it's the engagement that you want to have. So compared to a competitor, I think you can create a very engaged workforce by 
you know, by offering profit sharing or some other form of, um, you know, compensation, but, but make sure that it's team oriented and not individually oriented. You know, we, we, first of all, we want to make sure even, especially in the area that we live, I, I said, there are a lot of, uh, wealthy people here, but there are, uh, you know, there's a, a cost of living that's associated with this area too. People need to have a living wage. They need to be able to uh, take care of their families. So we try to offer a generous package to begin with so that, you know, there's more than just the compensation piece of it or that people consider the bigger picture of, you know, vacation and, and holidays and uh, medical and dental coverage, disability and life insurance. And they look at that as a form of their compensation yes. too. It's not mm -hmm. reduced to how much an hour or, right. you know, um, you know, what the salary is a year. So, you know, when do, do you use personality assessments of any sort when you hire? We have recently been uh, disc testing uh, or profiling uh, anyone on the design sales team. And we're about ready to, to uh, launch that on the production team as well. But I can, I, I, if I can presume where you're going, <laughs> what are the personality types yeah. within our, our sales team? I can tell you it's a lot of uh, high S and high I folks. Okay. Although there's a couple of D's tossed mm -hmm. in there for, uh, for good measure. And of course, you know, when we get into the number crunching side of things, a C or two. So we, we're pretty well represented, but most of the folks that do the selling are, are I's and S's, I would say. Hmm. Okay, very interesting. Zero, I'm I'm pretty impressed. I, it just never occurred to me you could do 100% salary on sales. That's that's fascinating stuff. And I'd love to keep picking your brain, but we've hit the time of the show where I ask you lots and lots of questions in a short amount of time. You ready for the lightning round? Uh oh, is this is it possible to be ready for the lightning round? <laughs> Good question. I get the questions around here, just so you know. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! All right, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Are you ready, Ciro? I'm ready. What's your favorite business book and why? That's a toss-up. I would say uh, The Seven Habits uh, by Stephen Covey or Crucial Conversations by Vital Smarts. Both excellent. Mm -hmm. If you weren't CEO of Harold Remodeling, what do you think you'd be doing? Well, I was kind of on the trajectory when I was in school to be an engineer. My dad thought that would be a good idea too, but uh, when by the time I'd taken trigonometry three times, I figured <laughs> that was probably not going to be the best way to go. <laughs> That's why I'm not a veterinarian too, so hey. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Uh, my wife would say that guilt-free relaxation is my, my biggest weakness because, <laughs> you know, I can sit there, but I get restless leg syndrome, you know, sitting on the patio doing nothing. It just doesn't sit right. Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? I clean my desk every day. What's the last thing you watched on TV? Oh, a terrible show called Man Down. It's a British show, and it is horribly uh, politically inappropriate. <laughs> and why, I, why I like watching it. <laughs> there are dozens of stereotypes in high school. Jocks, nerds, stoners. What were you? Nerd. <laughs> All right, good job. Thank, Thank you, Cyril. You. All right, so Cyril, this has been awesome. You know, just, it's so 
interesting talking to people who have a different take on things and that make it work. You know, who would have thought? It's so against the grain, but it certainly has worked for Harold and the building of your culture. And that's, I know, added so much to the success of the company. Now, before you go, we want you to share your five words of wisdom. Okay, let's go international, or at least Italian. La squadra deve venire prima. Oh. Which in English, the team must come first. Oh, love it, love it. <laughs> nice. Thank you, that's perfect. Man with an accent, gotta love it. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Sarah. We'll see you soon. It's been fun. See you soon. And you're playing in the band at the summit, aren't you? You bet. It's gonna be wait. It's gonna be awesome. House New of Blues Orleans. at the 2018 Remodeler Summit in New Orleans in September. Get to see Ambiguity, our band. Playing the All House right. of Blues. I know. Cool beans. All right. Thanks, Cyril, very much. Thanks, Cyril. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Zero at the House of Blues. That's gonna be cool. It's gonna be very cool. You know. He really personifies the culture at uh, Harrow. Like one of the things he does, I, at least he had been doing it up until recently, maybe they still are. Every time somebody had a birthday, he would write a personal song and sing it to them in the office, play guitar and sing. And he's got such a beautiful voice and he writes these awesome, fun, lively songs. It's just a cool thing that you don't hear about in most companies. If you're hinting that you want me to sing you a song, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, come on. It's come not on. happening. I already did that one week. Yeah. You know what I thought was really cool? So, of course, marketing, right? Mark, mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. the first place I w- I'm sitting there listening to this interview, and, and I'm thinking, man, what a unique selling proposition to be able to go in and, and actually, if you chose to, say, hey, you know what? No no commission salespeople. No yeah. no pressure. I mean, right. that's a differentiator right. in the oh, market. Oh, no kidding. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, so many people, that's the first thing that they think, oh, yeah. God, I'm going to have a commission salesperson sitting in my kitchen. Forever. Oh, my God. For hours. Please buy from me. Please buy, you know, buy, buy. I wonder if they use that as an angle in I'm, their marketing. You know, it didn't occur to me till right now. Yeah. I should have asked them. Yeah, yeah. Next Darn time. it. We'll get them on again. Yes, we should do that. All right. Well, another episode that's been awesome. Yeah, that was good stuff. I'm actually curious. I'd love people to comment on that and see if mm-hmm. if, they're, if they if they even the antenna went up saying, hey, maybe we should switch. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if, mm-hmm. if anybody. Well, wondering. Yeah, it's got me thinking. Um, <laughs> does it? <laughs> yeah. Does it? Yeah, it really does. does. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's been another awesome episode, and uh, Ciro is is a fantastic guest. So He's a superstar. Um, thanks for being here. My name is Mark Harari, and I'm Victoria Downing. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. Bye. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.